the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we begin a new series called Fear Not that was recorded in the peak of the COVID pandemic. Fear robs us of community. Fear paralyzes. Fear will ultimately lead to death. Pastor Sean reminds us that we are more than conquerors, and it starts with a relationship with Jesus. ReachingForRealLife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do so today. There's a place to give at ReachingForRealLife.org. The message today is called Fear Not, which was recorded on Easter Sunday as Sean starts off at the Garden Tomb in Matthew 28. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. We want to start a series on fear today, and it's going to be called Fear Not. Fear Not, and I want us to look at it through our current cultural lens, because we've had all kinds of reason to fear, haven't we? We have really walked through what I consider to be an acceleration of our ordinary fear quotient. I think as I look around, I think for a lot of people, fear is killing us. It really is. And there are some fears that, or, or concerns that are r- r- rational, and then others aren't. I mean, if I, I talk about through a pandemic, I'm protecting my elderly or at-risk relative, I think that's rational. That's an that's a appropriate response. But versus, I, I'm talking last week, we're outside, I'm walking down the street, and someone is double-masked. And we're in a big open area, and they're coming towards me, double mask, and they do a huge loop around. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to jump on you. <laughs> but I, I think there's some ways where we're going we're gonna to be different. There's some of us who are going to have a really hard time ever looking at other people without thinking, oh, I wonder if they're a risk to me. That's a new fear that we've embraced and when, it, when our whole idea is connecting with people and growing in relationship with people, that's a challenge. And that's something we've got to look at that's difficult. You know, I mean, I, I was at the grocery store a few weeks ago during what we had became known as Frozen when we had that cold weather. I grew up in Chicago, and people from Chicago call me, oh, you babies, are you kidding me? That's not that bad. I'm like, yeah, well, we don't have things like, you know, snow plows or plumbing that's buried more than six inches. You know, we don't have that kind of stuff. But I'm at the grocery store, I'm at H-E-B, and some guy's coming out, and he's loaded up on the toilet paper again. What is with the toilet paper? Oh, my gosh, I hear there might be a crisis. Oh, we better get the toilet paper. What, are you wrapping plumbing with it? Is that a thing now? It's like, <laughs> that is an irrational thing. The fact that anytime something happens, okay, no toilet paper, great. We got to do that again. <laughs> you guess what that is. There's all kinds of fears. There's fear of not being safe. We fear for our safety. There's fear of the future or of the unknown. Fear of people. 
And I don't just mean physically, I mean people's opinions, fear what people think. Fear of public speaking, which I'm working on right now. Today I want to look at a fear that is one that I think looms over people. We kind of put this one off, but it's like one of the ultimate, and it's the fear of death. It's the fear of death. And our topic for this morning, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 28. Our topic speaks a lot to this idea of the fear of death. Before we get started, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you love us enough to speak to us and you want to walk with us and you want to lead us in a way that gives life. And I thank you for that. I just pray that you'd help us to hear you. Help us to hear what you want to say and what you've called us to live. In Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 28. This is Matthew's gospel's account of the resurrection story. Listen to how Matthew shares this with us. It says, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Now, I really like that phrase. They became like dead men. That's a descriptive phrase. And it's really a good one when you talk about fear. They were so afraid, they shook and became like dead men. Because what does fear do? Fear immobilizes us, doesn't it? Fear can cause you to freeze and immobilize you. I think fear robs you of life's opportunities, doesn't it? I mean, we've just been through a time for a lot of people that fear robbed us of a year. An entire year that that fear takes. And understand something. One of the things I kept trying to remind people is our life is made up of years. We only get so many of them, and we just use one. Fear can rob you of opportunities. It can take things from you. Fear can disconnect you from your values, the things that you hold important, the things that you have said. I want to be about this. I want this to be a central thing in my life. Fear can rob that from you and all of a sudden cause you to do things that are absolutely outside of your normal character or your values. Fear causes you to make mistakes. We've all experienced that. We get fearful, we start hurrying, or we we go do something rash, and all of a sudden we look back in retrospect and go, what was I thinking? Why, Why would I do that? The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. They were frozen. Verse 5, the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Imagine that moment. Come on, come on in and take a look. I, I don't, like now? Me? Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb. Listen to this phrase. Afraid yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. 
What a moment. What an incredible experience. I love the way it says, verse 8. It says, they were afraid, yet filled with joy. The, the angel had just told them. It says, they hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. It's like they hadn't yet seen him, but they'd seen this incredible manifestation. They'd seen the empty tomb. And they were still afraid, and yet the spark of hope was beginning to emerge. It was like, could, could this really be? I mean, he said things. Is it possible that, like, he was serious about, like, really being raised from the dead? They were afraid still, but they were filled with joy. And then twice in that passage, they're given instruction, once from the angel and once from Jesus. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That scripture is, that, that idea is communicated so many times throughout the scripture. And we live in a culture that we're not even sure that that's, not only is that maybe not wise, we're not sure that's responsible or right. If you're not afraid, you're irresponsible. And I just want to say, we, as the people of God who serve a risen Savior, have got to be the ones who stop and say, wait a minute, I'm just going along with the crowd. Is fear really always the best policy? In fact, is fear ever the best policy? Because it just seems like so many different times, the conventional wisdom says, respond in fear, act in fear. And yet, these women, when standing in a graveyard, confronting the fear of death, are told, don't be afraid. Twice. And the angel didn't just say, don't be afraid. He gave them three very specific reasons why they're not to be afraid. Three things he said. You remember what they were? He is not here, and they're looking into a tomb. He is not here, and it's not just like he's been stolen, or he's gone, or there's been a crime. No. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. You know what the same the common word in those three things was? He. See, he is the whole center point. And these three realities that that angel presented them with that morning are game changers for us when it comes to fear. And we've got to decide, what do we believe about him? If you're taking notes, if you're in the app, you can do that, or you can just jot this down. There's something I want you to remember as we start on this series of fear. The beginning of my fearlessness is learning to trust his faithfulness. Let me say that again. The beginning of my fearlessness is learning to trust his faithfulness. It's not just saying, oh, I'm macho, I'm, I'm courageous, I'm just going to charge in foolishly. That's not at all what we're talking about. But we're understanding, wait a minute, we serve a Savior who it was absolutely true, multiple witnesses saw him, the fact was, he's not here, he is risen, just as he said. The beginning of my fearlessness is learning to trust his faithfulness, and oh, he is faithful. Now let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Fear Not that was recorded on Easter Sunday. This special message is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. 
302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer, but I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message, Fear Not. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. And as we walk through this series, and you know, so much of our Christian life, this learning to trust his faithfulness takes you to a whole new place. Learning to trust his faithfulness when it comes to your, your family life and how you navigate your marriage and your raising of your kids and dealing with relatives. Learning, learning to trust his faithfulness when you're handling your job, making career decisions, making business decisions, being asked to make a questionable decision. Do I trust his faithfulness or do I trust myself? How about finances? We all wrestle with with trying to to make the most of our resources and use them well. See, the beginning of my fearlessness is learning to trust his faithfulness, and he is faithful. Now, the angel's message, I think, highlights three very powerful lessons regarding his faithfulness that we can take away. Let me give those to you real quickly. Number one, the first one is the empty tomb forces us to rethink death. Okay? It forces us, us to kind of change our whole way of thinking when it comes to death. He is not here. What do you mean he's not here? It's a grave. Okay? You don't just leave. It's, kind of, you know, it's like the Hotel California or something. You can never leave. It's a grave. You're in the grave. Yeah, it changes everything. It's that moment that is surreal that you're like, well, that can't happen. In movies it can happen. You know why? Because I think movies tie into something in us that knows this death thing isn't supposed to be final. And something in us knows we weren't made for that. Great movie. I'm sure many of you guys have seen the, the Fellowship of the Ring trilogy. Second movie, Two Towers. Have you seen it? I probably should say who hasn't seen it, okay? Because all the little nerds right now are going, okay, let's see how he handles this. But there's an incredible scene, right? They're trapped in Helm's Deep, which is a huge stone fortress. And, you know, I mean, they are faced with thousands of Urukai. You know who the Urukai are, right? They're the kind of, <laughs> those guys, right? Like, why do they make pig noises? I don't know, but they do, <laughs> you know. By the way, any horror movie in the, the back in the soundtrack, you can hear pig noises. Just, that's a fact I did not intend to share with you this morning. But just know they're very scary. And that's why the orakai sound like that, okay? So they are faced with thousands of orakai. They're in this stone fortress, but they are clearly being overrun. They are going to lose. They are going to die. With this you know. It's like, I don't care, Hollywood. I don't care, Tolkien. Yeah, they're toast. Well, all of a sudden, there's this conversation that happens. And Aragorn, you know, Aragorn, and he's, he's there with Theoden and, and Grimly and Legolas, 
And they begin to have this inspiring conversation. And you know it's an inspiring conversation because the orchestra starts. And it's, it's awesome because you start to feel the hair on your neck goes up a little bit. And, and you know, Aragorn's ready to give this speech. And you're like, wait a minute, where'd the strings come from? I, what, why do you have an orchestra there? Wouldn't you have done better with, like, maybe some more soldiers or something? But no, they got the violinists, so that's good. The music starts. It's inspiring. He begins to speak, and his hair's moving from wind. And again, remember, they're in a fortress in a cave. It's like, where'd the wind come from? I don't care. I'm inspired because it's moving me, right? And he begins to give this speech. And they decide they're going to go for it. And they're going to just kind of go out swinging and go out in a blaze of glory. And one of the things that's interesting, Aragorn remembers the promise of Gandalf. Gandalf. And he says, at first light, on the fifth day at dawn, look to the east. Don't tell me Tolkien wasn't informed by biblical imagery, okay? Look to the east. And so, you know, he kind of gets the faraway look, looks up, and the light's starting to show because it's the, the break of dawn. So they open the doors, and they fly out into a sea of raging Urukai with spears. And you're like, okay, they're dead. But no, as they come out, Aragorn looks up again, and the sun comes over the ridge. And who appears? Not Gandalf the Grey. No, 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 no. It's Gandalf the White. And he is now in a white stallion, and the horse is rearing, and his hair is really flowing. He starts to come over the hill, and you realize he's not alone. He has a massive army with him. And they fly downhill, you know, man from Snowy River style, boom, boom, down the hill. None of the horses trip, which I grew up riding horses, and I don't know how that happens. But they dive into the Sea of Urukai, and an incredible victory happens. They are spared. They are saved. And we're like, yes! Because that's how you feel. And I'm telling you, this, there's a reason that this kind of thing is we see it in, in lots of literature. Because there's something in us that loves to see victory come from the jaws of defeat. We love to see life. And we know there's something in us that knows we weren't created for death. And so that's why that theme, you see it in so many movies and stories, just this kind of all of a sudden, there was no hope, there was no possibility, and yet life happens. And see, the reason is because those, those little resurrection moments where it's like we were dead, but now we're alive, see, that's what we're celebrating here. It's because something in us knows we weren't created for death. See, his presence with us today means death doesn't win. Death is not our intended destination. It's not what we were destined for. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6 talks about this. Listen to what it says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, listen, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Listen to that. See, God has that for you. He intends that for you and I. That's our intended destiny. Look at what verse 7 and 8 say. In him we have redemption through his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sins. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you've fallen. 
in accordance with the riches of God's grace, not the riches of my grace, because I try to be a person of grace, but I got limits. Well, don't laugh. You got limits too. We're not talking about our limits. We're talking about God's limit, which is limitless. According to the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. He doesn't eke it out. I love that language. He lavishes his grace on you and on I with all wisdom and understanding. See, the message of the gospel is that sin introduced death and always leads to death. My sin incurs a death penalty. The the scripture says the wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus Christ had to die on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins so we could have life. God satisfied justice in Jesus Christ, and he extends mercy and this unbelievable grace to all who will receive it, all who will confess their sin and will receive that free gift from Jesus Christ. That's the gift of the gospel. See, he wanted us to have life. Jesus said it. We love the scripture around here, John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And a lot of us have experienced that in our lives. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus said. That's what he's about. And the whole message is death doesn't win. It's not final. I love the way Paul writes it, 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 57. Almost like he's taunting death. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But, thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He conquered death. We don't have to be afraid of death. In him we have life. See, the beginning of my fearlessness is learning to trust his faithfulness. Second thing the angel's declaration kind of speaks to. The resurrection introduces a very different kind of power. It introduces a different power like nothing we've ever experienced. And not just to overcome sin, although it does, and death, but a power to live differently. See, that power is real. And it's power to overcome sin. You don't have to live in guilt. You don't have to, you don't have to settle for that. You don't have to live in shame. Power over failure bitterness and unforgiveness. Maybe you're here and you're like, I just can't let it go. Well, let him empower you to let it go. Empower over fear. Power over fear. See, the beginning of my fearlessness is learning to trust his faithfulness. Last point, the last thing the angel said gives us this idea. Nothing will stop him from keeping his word. Nothing will stop him from keeping his word. You remember what what the last thing the angel said? He is not here. He is risen just as he said. He promised this would happen. Yeah, but it's impossible. Not for him. In fact, Scripture tells us nothing is impossible with God. There is nothing that will stop him from keeping his word. All the promises he made in Scripture are true. They're true. First, uh, 2 Corinthians one twenty says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen means so be it, as you have said, God. His promises are true. Think about some of his promises. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Absolutely true. Whoever believes in me will have everlasting life, Jesus said. Truth. He said, I will be with you always. And his resurrection screams, true. I will give you my spirit and I will empower you by my spirit. The same spirit, Pastor Yohan read the scripture. 
The Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead gives life to our mortal bodies. He will empower us with this Spirit. Remember in John chapter 14, he made a promise. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That promise is absolutely true. Our family experienced that promise this week. Some of you may be aware, this last week, my mother-in-law, beautiful, sweet, Linda Newman, went to be with Jesus. She was struggling with a sickness, and things accelerated much more quickly than we'd anticipated. And one of the things that's so, I mean, ma'am, our family is grieving. She was so central to so much, as you can imagine. But one of the things my father-in-law, Butch, said, he's one of our elders here, he said, this Easter, I'm going to worship with a whole new intensity because I know death isn't forever. Death doesn't win. Death doesn't get the final word. When we say, when we give our, quote, goodbyes to someone who passes, it's not goodbye. In him, it's see you soon. We really believe this eternal life. And what's beautiful about eternal life, it doesn't start after we die. It starts the minute we profess faith in Jesus Christ. I'm filled with the Spirit, and I am now living in eternal life. What a powerful promise. All his promises are true, as evidenced by his resurrection. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called Fear Not, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, And we hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.